We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Sarah. So one of the same old tired narratives that's been following around Lamar Jackson for years made its way back to him at podium on Wednesday. And stop me if this surprises you, but in his own kind way, as Lamar always <laughs> does, he takes the high road, but he set the record straight, didn't he? He sure did. And then outside of that, there was also 105.7 The Fan who one of the analysts there took issue with some of Lamar's play, even defending the offensive line, which I took issue with, at least on the offensive line part. So more on that ahead. Yeah, we'll probably have some good back and forth there maybe, but <laughs> I'm Bobby Trossett alongside my co-host, Sarah Ellison. It is Thursday, September 14th, and this is your morning Ravens update from Inside the Vault. Well, Bobby, John Harbaugh was in mid-season form. It only took till after week one when asked about the team's injury situation Wednesday. But we do have an injury report to dissect and Colin Cowherd's thoughts on the matter, which, again, we'll react to. Yeah, plus we're going to take a macro look at just the state of the Bengals ahead of this week two matchup in Cincinnati. And then, of course, later on this afternoon, Kelsey Conway, who covers the team out there in Cincy, She'll be joining us on the vault as well for an official preview. Yeah, we have all of that and more coming up. Thank you for waking up with the morning vault where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions in about 30 minutes. I don't know what it is about this, but it's always the debate about how much Lamar Jackson runs but now it's how much he doesn't run. And so it's like, you know, <laughs> you're darned if you do, you're darned if you don't. So anyways, this all kind of stems from, um, yeah, Sunday after Lamar's week one. Obviously, he didn't run too much, although he did, he did run. He scrambled quite a bit. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe he led the Ravens in rushing yards. Yeah. Um, but after the game, which we covered, um, Texas defensive end Jonathan Grenard he said in the locker room afterwards that Lamar wanted to sit in the pocket as much as he could more than he wanted to run. That was his interpretation of things. And, he's, and then he said he was trying to stay in the pocket. <laughs> okay, so that's what he saw. So, of course, the media, now that it's Wednesday, uh, bring that kind of quote back to him. And 
apparently, which I didn't even see this the way the, the question was asked by Jemison Hensley, did they exchange jerseys or something? Like, I don't, I don't know what had happened, but the way Jameson asked, he's like, you know, your friend that you, you gave a Jersey to or whatever. Um, he's like, did you see that quote? And Lamar's like, Oh yeah, yeah, I saw it. And then, uh, this was his response. Your buddy that you gave your Jersey to talked about, but you didn't run as much. Did you see that comment? I think I seen that yesterday, but I mean, they didn't give me the chance to run. So it was cool. You know, we got the dub. I really don't care about running. So <laughs> we won. Simple yet to the point. <laughs> Simple well, yet to the point. You play to win the game. You take what the defense gives you, and ultimately they walk away with a win. Was it perfect? No, it was imperfect, but it's a win. And yet this narrative continues to follow him around that he wants to run at all times. That's what he has to do in order to win football games. It's just not the case. Or or the opposite that like now he refuses to run, which again, that's that's the problem, Bobby. Here's what people don't understand. But for before I before I get to that, let me just react a little bit more to his reaction that I thought was awesome. He's trying not to completely disrespect Grenard or Jameson Hensley. Okay. So he's trying to get a point across. So he's got the smile and he's chuckling, but really it's like laughing at this point because this is so absurd. Yeah. Like, do you not understand yet? This is what people do not understand. I want to win. Period. I, like, why is anybody surprised from a quarterback who's been saying, you know, he'd like to throw more? I mean, he would. He'd like to throw more. But more than anything, he wants to win. So even after that, I remember I put that clip up on Twitter and then I had a guy respond. He's like, well, if he doesn't like to run, why doesn't he pass more? Or like, I don't know if he meant better or what, what he was talking about. And I responded. I was like, again, the point is going over your head. This is, let's make this clear. Lamar Jackson is legitimately willing to pass or run based on the game situation in order to win. It's not the pass or run split that he cares about. He's not saying, oh, come on, Todd Munkin, give me my rushes. Or come on, Todd Munkin, give me this. He's with Todd Munkin, and they're coming up with a game plan that they think is going to beat the other team. And how do I know that? Because right before that quote, he said this. If, if the defense gives give me the ability to, you know, run, give me the look to run, I'll run it, you know. But other than that, I'm just trying to put my team in the best position I could. That's it. It's not about how much or how little. It's none of that. And, like, the way we reduce it is so elementary. It's so elementary to reduce it to, like, which one is a split. Lamar Jackson, if nobody... Nobody understands him, which is hilarious to me. That's why he's laughing in that clip, but trying to be respectful. Hey, Jameson, I care about winning, and you're coming to talk to me about rushing stats? Like, uh, sorry, I don't care, you know? So, yeah. So he was kind about it, and he was super nice in the old Lamar way, but I had to be a little bit more forthcoming. Well, because he's your guy. He's your guy, but you also have a good point. You have a good point. Vinny Serrato had a point of his own, former NFL general manager, now 105.7, the, the fan host here in Baltimore radio, and he got on the air on Wednesday and talked about some of his observations after watching the film. I showed you the clip, Bob, of there's, you know, they're running routes. There's two wide receivers. 
you know, running at about eight to ten yards deep, standing. There's nobody else in the pitcher around them. And Lamar is in the pocket and throw the ball. That's the timing. I mean, they're only ten yards deep. Boom, you got a set throw. And he holds the ball. And then what happens? Then he starts to scramble up, and then he's jumping up in the air and throwing it in the ground. And everybody says, oh, the O-line sucked. They pressured him. No. Lamar. Lamar. And, and right now, I mean, it's Lamar's first game. He's got to control everything. And was everything perfect? No, not even close to being perfect. He's got to get much sharper. The sharper he gets, the sharper the offense is going to be because he's going to make the O-line look better. Just like in 19, you know, the O-line had three pro bowlers. Why? Because he's making these runs. And they they may not be blocking anybody, but he's still making these runs. And he's got to control the offense. Another one, zero zero blitz. So Vinny Serrato there on 105.7 The Fan. We'll go back to the graphic that we shared with you earlier this week. just just, Just to interrupt here real quick. This is separate from what he's saying. That's why I brought it back in. This is very different from what he's saying. Right. He's saying that Lamar's decision-making was a part of it just as much as the lack of pass protection. But the graphic's telling us, right? The graphic's telling us that, okay, go ahead. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So from what, listen, I didn't hear the whole, I wasn't listening to the whole segment between Vinny, I know you you grabbed it, right? So maybe you have more context than I do. From what you pulled and I just listened to, I can only react to that. So if there's more context that I learn later, I'm happy happy to hear it. First of all, one of his first statements is <clears throat> he's, he's pulled some plays where Lamar seemed to hold the ball for too long. And then, and I don't doubt that. I'm sure he can read film. Vinny's been around. Um and I'm sure there have, were plays that Lamar didn't get the timing right. So I'm not saying that, that he's probably making that up. I'm sure that happened. And there were several but, snap count issues too. Three different sequences at least. Right. So they definitely need to clean that up. Okay. But the what I heard when he was saying it, he's like, throw the ball. Look at the wide receiver, right? So he's implying to me what, what he then said about saying, well, everybody's all over the offensive line. So what he's implying is that the offensive line was fine, but Lamar throughout the game was holding the ball too long. So you can tell me if I'm wrong. Is he talking about just on that play, or is he insinuating that overall, that the offensive line play overall was fine, but it was Lamar who was overall holding the ball too long? Or is he talking about a single play? I think he's talking about several plays that he had clipped, but he doesn't go on to specifically mention what he's talking about, right? He's just talking about the, the the certain plays that he picked where Lamar was holding on to it too long. There was mechanical, maybe not mechanical, but timing issues in the pocket <clears throat> that prevented it, almost like an indecisiveness. Okay, well, no doubt that happened a, a handful of times and he pulled those clips. Here's the problem, though. He, in that clip, he's absolving the offensive line. So that's the first issue I take. The offensive line, I cannot unsee some of the terrible, terrible offensive line play. So, okay, I I still remember Zeitler and Moses getting beat badly by Will Anderson. And I still remember Stanley getting 
bowled by Grenard. I still remember him getting a false start when he was trying to, you know, draw the flag for the neutral zone infraction. I can't unsee that stuff. And so then I'm like, all right, so maybe in the moment I didn't see it all. So there is, and you know this, there's nobody that I trust more with offensive lining than Ken McCusick because nobody does it like him. He watches every single offensive play and he watches it for every single offensive lineman and he gives them a grade. Okay, so this helps us see, okay, am I biased that I remember one or two plays that somebody was bad? Maybe they played overall. No, that is not the case. He posted his grades already. I will tell you, Stanley got a D. John Simpson got a C. Linderbaum leaves the group at B. Too bad he's now out. Yeah. Zeitler got a C, and then Moses got a D. So most of these guys are playing either average or below average, okay? Then here's a very two very important stats, and this is getting back to, to Vinny. So, again, two things can be true at once. Maybe the offensive line was bad, and Lamar held the ball too long for a couple of those plays. Okay, but Vinny's, Vinny's cutting out a couple plays. What about overall? Was Lamar holding the ball too long overall? Well, I go back to Ken McCusick. There is a stat he does every single week called ample time and space. Okay. And it's, you have ample time and space. If you had, I think he says it's like around two and a half seconds. And then I can't remember how many yards he needs, but he's got an ample time and stat, uh, time and space stat. Lamar Jackson was given ample time and space on just five of his 26 dropbacks. Okay, that's 19%. So, no, the offensive line was not doing him any favors. So let's not act like the offensive line is absolved here, okay? The number two thing, him like throw the ball, throw the ball. Okay, well, let's look at this. Ken McCusick, and I'll use next-gen stats. So he Lamar Jackson delivered the ball before pressure could develop 11 times. And on those 11 times, he had 11 completions for 109 yards, with almost, it's 9.9, .9, almost 10 yards per play. That stat should be around four or five yards per play. That's a good, okay, that's good. He's at almost 10, double of what you would want on average. Then go over ne next-gen stats. Look at how quickly people got, how, how quickly quarterbacks got the ball out of their hands. Lamar got the ball out of his hands on average at 2.61 seconds. That was eighth in the league. So what I do, what I take exception to is that there's like this impression that Lamar throughout the game was holding the ball too long. Like, sure, I'm sure there were a couple of plays, but he was not holding the ball too long overall. And the and the uh, then the offensive line was bad. Okay, now what I do think is the problem is what happens is when pressure does get there, but that is different from holding the ball too long. Like pressure pressure could come about in less than the time and ample space that you would usually expect from the offensive line. So the pressure is a problem and what you do in that situation. But that is, to me, we'll see going forward, that is something that Lamar, Todd Munkin, and the wide receivers need to figure out a plan together. Who, how are you guys going to do hot reads? How are you... How are you do we have enough plays that when it's like zero blitz that we know how to break it? Do we have the check check downs? Like to me, there's a lack of a plan there. And on top of it, yes, I do still think Lamar has to figure out timing in a new offense. Cause this type of stuff where it's just like, boom, 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 throw that has never been what offensive coordinators have, have asked him to do. And so therefore this is new to him. Do I think he can pick it up with time? Absolutely. 
Um, so it's what they do as a group of how to plan for that pressure, but to pretend that those pressure stats are all because Lamar held the ball too long. That's just not fair at all. Yeah, no, that's a fair take cadence timing chemistry with the new playmakers that he has all throughout the offense, not to mention a new line for the next several weeks, a new center that he's never worked with in regular season play in Sam Mustafer, who's likely to suit up as the starter in place of Linderbaum this upcoming weekend, right? Speaking of, I mean, that'll be all cadence. That'll be all rhythm. That'll be all timing and it'll be loud in there. It's the home opener. So mm -hmm. expect a lot of silent, you know, there's probably going to be a lot of silent treatment there. You're going to have Patrick McCary on, on the far left-hand side. So yes, I, I think having dropped into the segment, halfway through it i don't want to even though it came across as if that clip was Vinny trying to absolve the offensive line i don't anybody who did that just anybody who tries to say that didn't watch the first half didn't watch the game at all <laughs> i think he was right. just trying to take a um a different approach to grabbing a handful of plays right that, that things went awry or that lamar was in the wrong and wanting to mention that so anyway it could be a little bit of both, certainly not all Lamar's fault, and the numbers never lie, and that graphic certainly does not lie in terms of the duress that Lamar was under because of the offensive line. Let's keep things moving. We'll get to the injury report that came out on Wednesday, and it seems pretty standard at this point. There's nothing surprising about this list. Mark Andrews was limited with that quad setback that forced him to miss week one. Marlon Humphrey... Linderbaum, Stanley, and Marcus Williams were all DNPs for their respective setbacks. Marlon Humphrey, of course, is trying to get back from the foot surgery. Linderbaum had that ankle rolled. Stanley went down with a knee, and Marcus Williams is dealing with the pectoral muscle. We don't know if it's a tear. We don't know if it's a strain. It's going to be a chunk of time. So anything that popped out to the, on the list here? Yeah, a couple of things. So I, not that I, I, I would have liked to have seen potentially Marlon Humphrey just like do a little bit of practice. I don't, ex I still don't expect him to play. We were told that he would miss a couple of games. So, um, but because he wasn't putting on, put on IR, I'm hoping he can still be back by week three or week four. Um, <clears throat> so again, he, to me, he would need a couple weeks of practice. So if he was going to be, and I'm not ruling it out, but if he was going to be available week three, I'd like to see him maybe at some point be limited this week. That'd be awesome. Uh, but if not, it's not like we were promised he would be here by week three. So maybe, you know, after this week he, he comes in, but definitely he's not playing this week. Be the yeah. fact that he wasn't at practice today. The second thing, I mean, whatever, we knew Ronnie Stanley and Tyler Linderbaum wouldn't be there, but Man, Mustafer is going to have a baptism by fire when he goes up against DJ Reader, okay, on Sunday. So that's going to be, woo, we're going to see what, what that, guy, that guy is made of. And then I would have liked to have seen Mark Andrews. This is, it's not too late. I'd like to see him fully in a practice at some point this week because he pressed all last week limited. So you'd want to see him at some point, maybe even by Friday, if he could be full that would be uh, a good sign that he could be ready. Just a quick note on Mustafer, because this isn't just any guy that they picked up off the street. And granted, things maybe not, maybe didn't end great for him in Chicago, but this is a guy who's got 40 starts under his belt over his three years in Chicago coming into this season. So there's a reason why he was a game day call up from the practice squad last weekend. 
There's a reason why they signed him this offseason. I don't know how quickly Lamar certainly downplayed it today, the significance of how long it might take from a chemistry standpoint to get up and running and, and familiarize themselves with one another because, as Lamar mentioned, he runs with the ones all the time. Like He's working almost exclusively with Tyler Linderbaum. So expect these next several days leading into Sunday to, to be talk about drinking from the fire hose if you're if you're Sam. So that's going to be a key piece, not only going up against Reader, but yeah. just in a hostile environment, never having worked extensively with your quarterback. If you're Sam Mustafer, that is something that we're going to be monitoring very closely going into Sunday. And I'll tell you what, you know who's monitoring the Ravens? is Colin Coward from FS1. He has been all over them about their lack of durability. And this tweet that I threw up on Wednesday definitely gained some traction within Ravens Nation. A little polarizing, but quite honestly, nothing he really said, in my mind, can be disputed. Here's the quote. I don't think Baltimore is built for 17 games because their top players outside of Mark Andrews have injury history. He goes on to say that right now, most of us feel like, well, the Ravens are better than the Steelers. Look at the, what each one of those teams did in week one. Well, it's a week-to-week -week league. You never know what happens. And it's Mike Tomlin, coach team. You really think they're not going to be in it several months from now? We'll see. But point being, Collins on record for saying that the Steelers are built more so to sustain a grueling NFL season. Sarah, I... I thought a lot about this before I made my video earlier today around this. And uh, to, I kind of really feel like Colin's not wrong. I mean, and I think Spencer Schultz said it best when he tweeted back at me. This team or these specific players that he's referring to are guilty until proven innocent. And that's what the last few years have been like, unfortunately, in Baltimore, dating all the way back to 2021 until we really feel like that they're capable as a team of staying healthy into January, I think stuff like this has merit. Uh, yeah, I would like to be able to like pull up all these numbers like I just did for Lamar to be able to show why he isn't to blame for the pressure alone. You know what I mean? But instead, when you go to like look up the evidence to see if he's wrong, you you see that Ronnie Stanley, who has the biggest cap hit this year, twenty three million, is out. Lamar's next; he's still there. Mark Andrews was out last week at thirteen million, so he's number three. Marlon Humphrey's number four on, on the list of who's getting paid the most. He's at twelve point four million. <clears throat> then you got Roquan Smith; he's still out there, and then Marcus Williams. Uh, he's number one, two, three, four, five, six. So that's four of your top six paid guys are not out there. They're key players. And um, I, I will say, I do think that because 2021, which was the injury season from hell, bled into 2022, um, and then Lamar was hurt at the end, I feel like 2022 felt worse than maybe it was because they just still were like recuperating from 2021. That's how bad it was. But then, so you're like, all right, so maybe 2021 was just bad and, you know, 22 was just recuperating. But then here we are in 23, and in week one, you have now four of the top six paid guys. So it's hard to defend what he's saying. Um, 
uh, my thing is, Bobby, is it's the key, and I don't think I'm saying anything revolutionary here. If Lamar Jackson can stay healthy, he's always carried the team no matter who else has fallen around him. So to me, that's the key. If Lamar can stay healthy, they're going to beat the Steelers, in my opinion. So most of us can probably agree. It's just straight up more fun to be there for live Ravens football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official resale ticket marketplace of the Ravens, Ticketmaster has a wide selection of fully verified resale tickets. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays, and mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. You can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Plus, if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. So do yourself a favor and find verified resale tickets today by visiting Ticketmaster.com forward slash Ravens. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. On to what the Bengals are looking at right now, unlike Baltimore. All 53 players were accounted for at practice, according to Jay Morrison, friend of the show. We've had him on last year. Only Cam Sample isn't going through the stretch, and that was from Wednesday's practice. Joe Burrow, as you may have seen on that injury report a minute ago, was a full participant at Wednesday's practice, according to that report. We know that he's dealing with that calf issue from training camp, but he should be good to go. Other than that, Cam Sample, again, did not practice with an ankle. Uh, Joseph Asai, he made his practice debut for the year and was limited. He's a defensive end who's disruptive. So, moral of the story, since he's looking pretty darn good in the health category entering Sunday. Now, the Ravens are an underdog going into this game, according to the sports books, according to many fans, according to me. We'll wait for our predictions. I don't know where you stand on this going into week two but Lamar himself enjoys being the underdog and I uh, was asked about exactly that on Wednesday uh, I love being the underdog uh, I really don't care to be hyped up or you know they uh, people just saying displaying like we on top of the, the league or anything like that you know I'd rather be the underdogs because we always got something to prove and we always got a chip on our shoulder to go out there and win a game and Gus Bus knows it's Bengals week as well. It's important. Um, we they they on our schedule every um, every year more than once. Um, I feel like we always playing them. Uh, we ready for it. Um, it's gonna be a physical game. Everybody's dialed in, and we we know how big this is. It's early in the year, but it's it's a big game for us. 
Gus Edwards was built for physicality in games like this, Sarah. Yeah, and he, what he's saying is 1,000% true. It's funny because um, it's only week two, but because the Bengals opened up with back-to-back -back AFC North games, the Ravens have a tremendous opportunity, though they're beat up already, to just like to start the Bengals not only 0-2, like that's overcomable, but to start in the division 0-2, that would be massive. Just absolutely massive. Yes. But they can overcome a 1-1 one -one start, right? And then, then it becomes the Ravens who are starting the AFC North 0-1. So I agree with Gus. This is, this is a big, big, big game in the AFC North. And he knows he's going to get plenty of carries you would expect Justice Hill is going to be RB2, and then we expect that Melvin Gordon will be the call-up to the 53-man roster from the practice squad. Now, obviously, a topic of conversation on Wednesday was the last time these two teams met back in January in Cincinnati in the wild-card playoff. We all know how that one ended. We won't relive it if we don't have to. Kyle Hamilton was asked about how he looks back at it. Uh, with, with eight months of perspective, what did you take away from that last game in Cincinnati last year? Obviously, the disappointing ending, but especially on defense, you guys did a lot of good stuff. Yeah, um, I mean, ending the last year, that was it was low key mid. Um, obviously, we want to win a Super Bowl every year, and a pretty mid result last year. But this year, trying to make it a W, and uh, you know, we've played these guys two of our last three games. Going to be three out of the last four, so getting familiar with them, and um, you know, they're uh, they're a good team, and. We're going in there with a good game plan. And just got to execute and we'll, we'll come out on top. I cannot tell you, Bobby. <laughs> I cannot tell you how many honest people there were out on Twitter today being like, hey, for this Gen X or, or even some millennials, they're like, can somebody translate what low-key mid means? So that I have kids that are in high school, so at least they keep me up to date um, on that. Um, but I would say it was high-key mid, high-key mid, just because – that that was brutal. That was absolutely brutal seeing, uh, I think it was Sam Hubbard, yeah, taking that ball back. Listen. I don't even want to talk about it. It was high-key mid, though. Sarah, I had a moment today where I felt old. I feel old right now. <laughs> I turned 30 next summer, and I had absolutely no clue what he was talking about. Oh, like, really? I had to, like, look around, look at the mentions, Text the bros. One's in Italy right now. The other's up in New York. You know, and they're in their <laughs> early 20s. Like, yo, boys, help me out here. It, it's a tough moment to feel so clueless. That's hilarious. We say mid all the time in my house, and I'm sure it's for my, my teenage boys. So that's hilarious. That, they got you well-groomed, well ready to go. They got I like me. It. Well yeah, done, they got boys. Me. <laughs> Back to Roquan we go because he is. there's no shortage of content whenever Roquan is mic'd up. And while we're not going to play for you the entire Ravens Wired segment that dropped on Wednesday night across their channels, we will share with you our guy because the more content that comes out on him, the better he gets. And I'm getting more and more fired up by the day getting ready for Monday because episode two of Inside the Vault with Roquan Smith powered by Cybertech's coming up regardless of what happens on Sunday in Cincinnati. And I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of this is what we're going to get. Stroud takes a snap under pressure, hit, wrapped up and sacked back at the 22-yard line. Roquan Smith makes a play and backs the Texans up. Let's go! 
Why I rarely miss tackles? Because I just grab and hold on. Okay, you broke that, you dropped your heel. Like he well, but I know he 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 roll away from his throwing arm. That's just film. He he always roll away from his throwing arm. That's awesome. Let's we'll react. But I just want to also put this. So Marlon Humphrey uh, talked about him basically giving nobody else excuses to miss a sack on him. This is amazing. All I know is Roquan at halftime. He's like, someone's like, man, Stroud slippery. He's like, he ain't slippery. Just tackle. Him. And then we get out there and they're going to eat the sacks. I'm like, I guess he's a man of his word. guess he's a man of his word. That's so good. And that that's courtesy of his new podcast with Jack Settleman there. And I'm actually going to have Jack on my pregame show coming up on Sunday. So looking forward to, to hearing his perspective. But man, I loved a couple of things there. And we'll start with the conversation that Roquan's having on the bench not long after that sack on Stroud with Jadavian Clowney. And, and Jadavian's mm -hmm. asking him about it. And Rose like, that's just film. I know I know his tendencies because I watched the film. And that's the stuff that that's the insight right there. It is tremendous access. Garrett Downing quote tweeted the Ravens wire and he said, This is this access right here is is special. It is special. It, it it's almost a mini version of hard knocks, is what Ravens Wire is providing. I thought that was fascinating. I love that too, Bobby. I'm glad you pulled the clip because it wouldn't surprise me. I don't know that it was, but it wouldn't surprise me that it could have been Jadavian Clowney who said that CJ Stroud is slippery because Clowney had that unblocked <laughs> pathway to him, had the sack in his hands, and he did. He like he was he wiggled his way out of it, you know. CJ Stroud yeah. did, and so it, it it may not have been him, but but uh, it wouldn't surprise me if it was. And so that I've been saying this, it's like that Ray Lewis effect. You can't have excuses. When your leader has no excuses, don't tell me he's slippery. Wrap up and bring him down and study the film and understand his tendencies. That's what he told us on the show. He's like, I, I said, are you at the point where you feel like you know what's going to happen before it did? He's like, there's some plays here and there that I don't, but for the most part, yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he wasn't done there. It's been the Roquan day. Jeff Zarebeck caught up with him one-on-one -on -one in locker room media availability. And he was asked about last year's playoff loss and, Cincinnati and he said quote every game I play is personal every play I play is personal stop if you've heard this before they're going to get what they're going to get that's just how I look at it that's any opponent each and every week end quote and he goes on to say I'm going to play the same through the whistle fast physical all day long if they don't like it who cares end quote <laughs> <laughs> he is easily quickly become my favorite player on defense he is making a run for the favorite on the team. It's hard to beat Lamar, but they're just so two different people. I just love him for the fire he brings. I have just fallen in love, obviously, in the football way with Roquan Smith. Right. Like, Lamar's got the star power, and it's not that Roquan doesn't. He's the highest paid off ball linebacker. The guy is one of the great, one of the game's greats today. But from a football standpoint, and, and the people who love the X's and O's and the people who love the passion and just the overall mm. environment that is a locker room, I feel like Roquan is all that and more for those people. We'll finish with this, Sarah, and certainly those in Jets Nation, I think we're thrilled to see this post from Aaron Rodgers, his first breaking of silence, if you will, through an Instagram post since the torn Achilles that he sustained on Monday Night Football. 
He wrote, thank you to every person that has reached out, called, texted, DM'd, connected through a friend, etc. It's meant a ton to me, and I'll try and get back to all of you soon. I'm completely heartbroken and moving through all the emotions, but deeply touched and humbled by the support and love. Please keep me in your thoughts and prayers as I begin the healing process today. So maybe he's on the other side of surgery at this point, but the biggest news line right here is the end of the caption. The night is darkest before the dawn, and I shall rise yet again. Proud of my guys, 1-0. It sure looks like he's going to be back on the other side of this Achilles, Sarah. Is that a Batman quote? Because it you feels like one. It, it okay. feels like it. <laughs> I don't know. It feels like it. Don't quote me for that. Yeah. Okay. Listen, I'm happy for, for Aaron Rodgers. I'm happy for any player that like has their mentals right after a big injury like that. And so nobody wants to finish their career that way. So I don't cheer on an injury for anybody. Um, so, so, you know, good for him. Good for him. You know, you, you definitely want to see a career, especially one that's going to be a hall of fame career and on a better note than that. Meanwhile, the jets are still going to be riding with Zach Wilson. It's just a matter of who is going to back him up. So we'll see which one, which quarterback they sign off the street because there's several out there, including RG3, who we shared with you earlier this week, made a little case for himself. But uh wanted to shout out and thank two of our returning patrons. They are supporting everything we're doing here inside the vault through Patreon this month. So Lauren Wunderlich and Ken Buckner, we appreciate both of you for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore and beyond. And if you guys are interested in doing the same out there, you can see it on the bottom screen ticker right now. Visit Ravens Vault Podcast. I should say Patriot. Jeez. I should say patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault Podcast. And that exact link is in the show notes below. And we thank you for your support. So with that, again, Thursday morning Vault Edition down and out. We'll have Kelsey Conway for the Bengals perspective coming out later this afternoon for your drive home just in time to get the weekend rolling and whatnot. So That'll be good for all things Cincinnati, Sarah. Anything else that I'm missing, you can hit us up via email at BaltimoreRavensVault at gmail.com. Always looking for feedback, regardless of whether it's positive, negative, or anywhere in between. I feel like there might be a couple other notes, Sarah. Like I said, I'm going to have Jack Settleman on the pregame show Sunday. It's going to be a 12 noon start time. It's no, it's an away game, so I, I'm not going to be doing any kind of show in person at least as of right now. And then you and I, of course, will be live within the hour after press conferences finishes up. So anything I miss? I think you got it all. Cool. For my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison, I'm Bobby Trostet signing off from this Thursday morning vault edition. Thanks so much for being with us. Go check out that first episode with Roquan, which is across all of our platforms if you haven't already done so. And again, we will revisit Roquan episode two inside the vault coming up on Monday after the Ravens and Bengals play in Cincinnati. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. 
at hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.